What is good, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling Podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm here with Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. We have a load of show for you guys today, but as always, we'll break down the weekly shows, going over any stories from all the different promotions. We'll be re- interviewing indie wrestler Tom Mitchell today. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WJTW19. And give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. So, Dylan, what caught your eye in wrestling this week? I saw you almost slip up and say review. We've been doing a lot of those lately. Oh, my. Almost. <laughs> almost got him. All right. So, um, I know we're going to talk briefly about what happened at Double or Nothing during the AEW rundown, <clears throat> but I do have a new story surrounding Double or Nothing that isn't a spoiler or anything like that. Um, so, are you ready? Yep. All right. So, uh, our good buddy is reporting that Double or Nothing's buy rate was around 130 to 135,000 buys, which kind of lines up with what Revolution did back in March, but it's about 30,000 less buys from last year. Uh, last wow. year's Double or Nothing, which was around 160. Hmm. Um, this show's gate was a very close dollar amount to last year's uh, dollar gate. However, there were about 5,000 fewer fans. So it sounds like prices hmm. and stuff just kind of inflated yeah. over the year. Um, but they drew in less fans than the arena did last year. Um, so maybe this is a little bit of a little overreaction, but is AEW kind of losing steam or is this just the pay-per-view markets kind of going away and maybe they should find a streaming deal? Well, uh, well, they definitely should find a streaming deal. That's number one. Uh, number two, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's losing steam. Maybe, I mean, maybe it was the location. Maybe it was the card going in. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, there's a guy that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but maybe the absence of him. I, I don't really know what's going on particularly, but um, mm-hmm. I do think the streaming deal will help. And maybe just, you know, more compelling stories will uh, help the uh, promotion overall. So Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think this is AEW losing steam either. I think this speaks kind of a little more about the pay-per-view market i guess in a way really if you're not the ufc no one's really generating big pay-per-view buys or anything jake paul's on i guess also generates big buys but maybe maybe they should link up with a it's been rumored that they're going to go to hbo max or something like that similar to what wwe does with peacock um maybe that's something in the future don't have to stress too much about pay-per-view buys you know yeah no absolutely um we will cover that in just a sec, but um, we're going to go to mine real quick. So, according to Matt Boone, Ooh. Hiroshi Tanahashi and New Japan Pro Wrestling announced their program, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, will be coming to Fight TV. This will be included in your Fight TV Plus subscription, so having the whole library to your disposal could be a lot of fun to watch. For those that do not know, Strong was created in 2020 as an attempt to expand the product to the the United States. And I believe the events were filmed in the dojo in Los Angeles. Um, To name a few, Tom Lawler, the Bullet Club, Shota Umino were just a few to be mentioned and were on the cards. So it's great to see New Japan Pro Wrestling coming back with Strong, especially on Fight TV. Um, It will give the American fans easier access to see some of the best the company has to offer. Yeah, I think that's a huge deal. Um, Fight TV is a relatively like cheaper streaming service. So if you're into yes. like combat sports, whether it be like pro wrestling, I know they do some like um, 
some lower level MMA stuff, I think as well as on there, but, but that's really, really cool. Cause that generates a lot of streams and everything like that. So um, I, I, I always thought it was a shame that new Japan wasn't covered as well here in North America as it is elsewhere, which is probably why I don't know as much about it as you do. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to see that they're getting a big deal like the fight TV deal. Cause that, I mean, that's, I sound like a broken record, but that's big. No, no, 100%. I'm very excited to see even more talent that could uh, come to strong. So I, I will mm-hmm. definitely be keeping my eye on that. But we're going to go to AEW. Um, we're quickly going to maybe go over the results and our quick thoughts. Um, and then we'll we'll just move on. So, uh, Dylan, our, uh, before my computer absolutely explodes, um, <laughs> are you ready? Now, were you excited going into the card? Um, not as excited. I was not. Yeah, not as excited as I've had, I've been in the past for AEW cards. There were select matches that I was certainly intrigued by or wanted to see, but overall, like, I didn't stress that I didn't buy the pay per view. If that makes sense. Yeah, I was I was kind of the same way, Dylan, just because some of the some of the builds weren't great, and I was also worried about some of the matches. So uh, let's dive into and yeah. see um, see how things shaped out here. So. The first, so the buy-in match was the Hardys and Hook taking on um, Ethan Page and the Guns. This was not great. No. Uh, I don't know if you saw the mm-hmm. highlights for Jeff Hardy. That was not good. I and yeah. I felt so bad. Um, Orange Cassidy won the twenty-one-man uh, Jack Black or sorry Black Jack Battle uh, <laughs> Royal for the <laughs> AEW International Title. I actually just watched School of Rock, so I probably have that in my head. Um, so Orange Cassidy won that. Um, Adam Cole beat Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned match. This mm. match was horrible. Yeah, it was so underwhelming. Horrible. Yeah. Um, I was very shocked, too, because I thought it was going to be a lot better. Um, FTR defeated Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal to uh, win, or I guess regain, the AEW World Tag Team titles. Wardlow beat Christian Cage to regain the AEW TNT title in the latter match. Tony Storm was able to capture the... AEW Women's World Title over Jamie Hayter, who was obviously hurt, so they had to do some kind of angle. Um, House of Black and Nova Challenge beat the acclaimed. Jade Cargill picked up a victory over Ty Valkyrie to regain her AEW TBS title, but she issued an open challenge right after, which was accepted by the returning Chris Statlander. She Hell yeah. Ring, and she looked fantastic. Not the way I personally would have done it, but uh, we have a new TBS champion in uh, Chris Atlander um, in 48 seconds. So uh, I'll give my thoughts maybe a little bit later on that. Mm-hmm. Um, MJF beat Sammy Guevara, Derby Allen, and Jungle Boy in a Fatal 4 match to regain the AW World title. And uh, Blackpool Combat Club defeated the Elite in Adam Page in the Anarchy, Anarchy in the Arena match. However, Dylan, there was a turn at the end, and that was none other than Don Callis and Kanosuke Takeshka. So he was like the turn go um, helping the Blackpool Combat Club. So a lot to get into. Don't just, what's your overall thoughts? Because um, you did not watch this live, correct? I no, did. I did not. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. Um, so, so up and down. Um, the Fatal 4-Way was much, much better than I thought it was going to be. And, you it was know, the best I, match I, of the I, night by far. Yeah, yeah. I remember you texting me because you were watching it live, and you're like, oh, my God, you got to go back <laughs> and watch that. And I'm like, well, I guess I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, Jericho and Cole might be oh. 
the biggest disappointment, I think, on the card because of the level that those two are capable of. Even with Jericho, like, at his age, can still go. And I was so excited for that match and was super, super let down. And we'll get into a little bit what happened on Dynamite, but I felt like they showed more chemistry um, on Dynamite than they did here, which this was the bigger stage. This is where you should show out, which, so, um, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't great. Um, you know, a couple quick thoughts. Um, I did see a lot of people like Wardlow and Christian Cage. I actually thought it was pretty boring and not that good, personally. Um, I'm going down the card here. I mean, top three matches, the Fatal 4-Way, I think Anarchy and the Arena. And then if I had to give another one, I would probably say the House of Black match because I thought it was actually pretty good. But you might yeah. have to go the opening Battle Royal because that actually was actually pretty oh, entertaining yeah. at points. Um, I didn't love Cargill and Valkyrie. Um, I, it was probably one of her better matches just because of how good Ty is. Um, I would not have done Statlander. I mean, dude, you build this girl 60 and 0. And then you, I mean, the, the open challenge stuff, yeah, it makes sense because you don't want her to look bad. But, man, mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I, you could have made Statlander look better. Yeah. If you beat her in 10 minutes than in 40 seconds. Yeah, I but, agree. Um, but other than that, um, I was a little let down. Um, I actually gave the pay-per-view a 6.8 out of 10. Ooh, I really did not think it was that good. Um, and I actually think it was actually one of the worst AEW pay-per-views of all time. Um, wow. But, so I, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but that's, this kind of spicy. Not, not great. Not great. That's a little spicy. I mean, you've had spicier takes for sure. But yeah, um, yeah I saw a lot of people. I mean, the uh, Anarchy in the Arena match was just a very, very fun like car but crash. It wasn't like, crash. Yeah, but it wasn't like. It told a story. It told like, a story, but I don't think I wouldn't go rewatch that match. I would go rewatch the MJF match. I wouldn't go re-back, rewatch oh, the Anarchy. The, the, all, all four of them locking submissions on each other at the same time. Love oh, that, that spot. Love that oh, spot. Yeah. They also did a spot where they like uh, MJF did like the crossroads. They they do something like that their mentor did in the match. It was awesome. Oh, uh, that was cool. That was yeah. That was that was really cool. But uh, so that was AEW. Um, real quickly, what happened this week, however, um, starting with Rampage, El Hijo Del Vikingo defeated Commander Angelisigo to retain the AAA Mega title, and Shibata defeated Lee Moriarty to retain the ROH Pure title. Probably the best Rampage in a very long time because there was actual stakes. Um, Don Callis had a promo with Turncoat Takeshka. Mega heat. I loved everything about it. Uh, Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy defeated the Gates of Agony in a really good showing for the ROH team. Britt Baker and Adam Cole defeat Saray, or sorry, Saraya and Chris Jericho in mixed tag action. Um, unlike Dylan, I thought this was absolutely horrible. And I thought by far. I didn't say it was good. By any I means. thought by far the match, the worst match of the night. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you need Triple H to book Adam Cole. I, I. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, maybe it's just the chemistry between him and Jericho because, I mean, the dude is a top five talent. We're just not seeing that yet. Yeah. Um, so the big news coming out of Dynamite was the news from Tony Khan saying that CM Punk, or PG mm. Punk, how I like to call him, will be at the debut episode of Collision, which will be in Chicago. Uh, not shocking news by any means, but Dylan, CM Punk back to TV will only improve ratings and let mm-hmm. him carry a show away from Dynamite. Um, 
they're not going to come out and say it, but it looks like a lot of the people that he's going to be working with on collision are people that are okay with him in the locker room. So yep. um, what, what do you think about CM Punk coming back? Um, I mean, it's good business. It's good money wise. Cause I mean, say what you want about the guy. He, he draws and he draws yep. well, um, especially with, you know, the all in pay-per-view going to happen later in the fall. I mean, you kind of need CM Punk. I yep. personally think if you booked your actual roster right, that you wouldn't need him, but we know them. Um, it, did you see the report where it said that Punk and Ace Steel are going to have like creative control? Yeah. Yeah. So Ace Steel's going to be, yeah. So Ace Steel's going to be working from home. He's going to have a lot of creative control. And then CM Punk is going to have like the other half of creative mm-hmm. control. So they're basically going to be doing everything that. They wanted to basically, yeah. So I, I don't really care for that, but yeah. So about the roster that's going to work over. I mean, you got to think FTR. You're probably going to get Danhausen, like Orange Cassidy, probably Dan Andrade. Yeah, um, maybe a Miro, but you're not going to get Omega. You're not going to get uh, the Bucks. Obviously, you might get Danielson just because they have good ties in the back, and like I've, I've never heard of Danielson and Punk ever having run-ins with each other, so. Maybe you get the Blackpool Combat Club. Who does he uh, face at um, All In? Here's the thing about Punk is, like, everyone assumes he's going to go straight to, like, the title picture, right, now that he's back. But the fact that Punk wants to get involved creatively with TV, which I don't know if you've heard in, like, past interviews, he's been interested in. Like, post-in-ring yeah. competition, he wanted to, like, help run the show. He learned from Paul Heyman how to piece a show together. So maybe he is just going to kind of pop up in spots. So I could see them doing him and Jericho very easily. I don't think that'd be a great match, but I could see that happening. I still think the money match, as far as ratings, would be Punk and FTR versus the Elite. But but I just don't – that doesn't yeah. make sense right now. No, no. Not if they're going to so, put them on separate shows potentially. Well, here's no the thing. Sense. I think the money match would be uh, Punk and FTR versus Blackpool Combat Club because they're the big heels nice. right now. Yeah. So um, it's, we're just kind of wait and see. I personally, it's a little bit of left field. I'd like to see Punk and Jay White possibly do Ooh, something yeah. together. Um, be something different for the fans. But um, we're going to move on. Dylan, do you want to go to the WWE news? Yes, sir. So we're going to dive right into Monday Night Raw. We had a couple Money in the Bank qualifying matches for both. Uh, yep. Actually, no, this was just on the men's side on Raw. Yes. They did the women's, yep. I believe, on SmackDown. Yep. All right, so uh, first qualifying match was Ricochet versus The Miz. Um, this is probably the best Miz match I've seen in, in quite some time. He oh, busted yeah. out moves that I don't think I've ever seen him hit. Um, that, like, Hangman DDT or, or – no, it was it was like a Hangman Codebreaker in yeah. a way. And then rolls into a DDT. And, like, the aggression that he showed. It's just a Miz that I wish we'd see more often, but, you know, this is kind of his role now. But Ricochet picks up the win. Uh, qualifies for Money in the Bank, and he's going to be a highlight reel. Tune into that. Um, Imperium defeated Alpha Academy via pinfall. Um, we had a very funny moment right before the match started when Imperium came out and interrupted uh, Owens and Zayn. And Kevin Owens just kind of snapped about how that's breaking the rules and and you can't just do that. You have to like get permission to come out and like you have to have everything queued up and that you don't just interrupt people. It's rude. Kevin Owens might be the funniest person I think I've ever seen. He's one of them. <laughs> Dude, he's hilarious. And he's just screaming. And Sami Zayn's just trying to calm him down. 
Um, so, yeah, a little fun spot before the match started. We did have the Women's Tag Team Championship Fatal 4-Way. Um, no no surprise here. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler picked up the win. The match wasn't Roy- bad. Yeah. Um, match itself was much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought Shayna was great. Shayna great. looked great. Sonya Deville looked really good, too. Um, so shout out to Sonya and then Eo Sky, you know, yeah, I know I mean, you love her. Yeah, she's I mean, just a million bucks. <laughs> yeah, <come on. laughs> um, JD McDonough and uh Dolph Ziggler ended in a double count out after McDonough wouldn't stop attacking Ziggler. So they're definitely going with a aggressive heel character for him. Good. Um, a lot of rumors is that this might lead to a partnership with Finn Balor, who helped train him, and and maybe he'll be part of the judgment day. But they clearly have stock. In, in Jordan Devlin, or, or I guess J.D. McDonough now. Um, but that's what it kind of seems like. We had probably the worst promo segment I've ever seen in, in recent Raw history. Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus and Beth Phoenix. Or Beth Phoenix, Jesus. Becky Lynch. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> Becky Lynch, jeez. Um, this, <laughs> that's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, dude, this, this segment was so cringy. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. Cody Rhodes cut an amazing promo Dude, on Brock Lesnar. Unbelievable. Dude, he's the best talker in wrestling right now. I, I, I personally uh, don't. Yeah. I don't think it's close. I don't even think MJF's close to him right now. No, no. And the thing is, is with a Cody promo, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's baby face. It's, you know, superhero-like. But it, it, it's not the same. MJF, you've said it numerous times. You hear one MJF promo, you've heard them all. Yeah. It's just, you know, some profanity laced in with some, you know, Insults cheap shots. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Cody's have gone from, like, humble to, like, aggressive. And this particular one, like, he seemed very pissed off. Yeah. And he was calling Brock, you know, um, set a line in there where he was, like, he was beast enough to break my arm but not man enough to make me tap out. I mean, that sounds like somewhat personal shots. So Good. he issues an open challenge to Brock Lesnar anywhere, anytime. Um, also, Indusheer appeared on the show. We're not talking about uh, that. They are literally the worst <laughs> thing on the show, and they are not going to get over it. Yeah, let's just move on from that. Um, we kicked off Monday Night Raw, though, with Seth Rollins celebrating his newly won World Heavyweight Championship. Out comes AJ Styles to uh, issue a handshake and say that he earned his respect and that he earned the title. He, didn't, he wasn't handed anything because the crowd was chanting, you deserve it. Um, and he kind of swerved that in a way of like, no, you didn't deserve it. You earned it. Um, Every yeah, whatever. Well, I'll come the judgment day. And um Rollins challenges any two members of the judgment day against Seth and AJ uh for the main event. Dominic, by the way, is a fucking superstar. Dude, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we called that from the beginning. Like as soon as that heel turn happened, mm-hmm. Dylan and I were one of the first to be like Dude, this guy's going to be an, an absolute megastar. And look what he's become, dude. Yeah, and everyone's like, well, he's he's getting booed all the time. Like, he sucks. It's, it's like, good. He's, he's making them make noise. Yes. Right? Like, if, if he would talk and they said nothing, Dom is buried and done. But the fact that they give him so much heat. Nah, he's a superstar. Yeah. Um, anyway, Rollins and uh, AJ pick up the victory in the main event over the Judgment Day. There were some really cool spots between Rhea Ripley and Seth Rollins during the exchanges talking about who's the top champion on raw. Um, and to be honest, it's kind of hard to decide. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not. Rhea's Rhea's the best champion. And 
I it might it might just be because I mean Seth just won it. Remember, yeah. Seth just won. Dude, Rhea's on another level right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I think a lot of people would be you know in the past. Oh, it's the world title now. Rhea's. Rhea's the goat right now, yeah. so yeah, we got to okay. give her yep. credit. Uh, let's move on to SmackDown really quick. Uh, we had some more Money in the Bank qualifiers, um, as well as a uh, very, very interesting segment. Uh, Austin Theory and Pretty Deadly, uh, who were the call-ups from NXT, defeated the Brawling Brutes in six-man tag action. I mean, good for the new team to pick up a win, and, and Theory clearly continuing the feud with Sheamus, but... There's, there's some stock in Pre- Pretty Deadly. Now, I mean, I'm... I'm not the biggest fan of the gimmick, but they're not like corny, if that no. makes sense. There's actual I, like gimmick there. Yeah, I I don't I actually like the gimmick. Yeah. I just I'm not crazy about them in the gimmick, if that makes sense. Like I'm not sure if they're executing fully yet. But I can see that like there's something there. So I can see why they would have stock in the And they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're good in the ring. Yeah, I, mean, I think just I think they're really give good. Them a shot. I, mean, I think, yeah, I just think they gotta you know tweak the character, maybe add a little more aggression. But I think the gimmick works. Yeah, um, the Good Brothers defeated Hit Row um, in tag action. This is pretty uh, uneventful, more Twitter beef than anything between these oh, two dude, teams. Oh, Mia was going crazy. Oh yeah, she was going off. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, but that this was um, just a way for the OC to get a win. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not mad about that. And uh, you know. AJ looks like a AJ looks fucking jacked, by the way. Um, you think he's turning heel? Because that's where I'm getting kind of. Yeah, I'm kind of getting no. the feeling he's going to turn heel. I I love AJ as a heel, but you have potential to make him one of the biggest baby faces on SmackDown until some of this younger talent, you know, moves up more. So um, you think he's the one to beat AJ? Or sorry, you think he's the one to beat Theory? AJ? Yeah, I could see it. I could see AJ yeah. being US champ. I still think it should be Sheamus, but, you know. Oh, I, I, I agree. Sheamus has been booked so well and just doesn't have the title to show for it, whether it be the IC or US. But I wouldn't be mad if AJ beat Austin. Yeah, I, I, I do think the OC would work better as mm-hmm. a heel group, but we'll yeah. just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, on to some Money in the Bank stuff. Selena Vega defeated Lacey <laughs> Evans um, in her qualifier match. This match was kind of weird. Evans dominated most of the match and then vega just hits her finish and match is over yeah uh triple um, h um is not a huge fan of lacey evans um yeah do you remember back what back to was it 219 lacey evans was supposed to go into wrestlemania is the raw women's champion yep. to face remember that whole like rick flair storyline yeah she was supposed to go into wrestlemania as a champion now she's mm-hmm. barely on tv yeah, this is the first TV match I've seen her have in a long time, and she basically lost off one move. Yeah. After she dominated. Uh, but on to some better Money in the Bank news. Um, our guy, L.A. Knight, yeah, yeah, won his qualifying match. This match was a lot of fun. Knight and yeah. Montez Ford, definitely match of the night. I think possibly match of the week when you think of Raw as well. I think um, probably maybe any promotion is probably match of the week. Yeah, yeah, like, dude, it was put that fantastic. up there. Fantastic. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. These two had great chemistry. Um, did you notice? Were... Did you notice the LA was getting chanted? Yep. And Montez was kind of playing the heel. I was about to say that it kind of felt like they there was a right mo- right before the end of the match. These two worked opposite 
sides than they yeah. normally do. Ford was the heel the entire match. His facial expressions, he sold the moment how annoyed he was, um, and his moveset was a little more aggressive, more striking. Um, LA Knight played into the chance. It seemed to motivate him. Those are babyface tendencies. And up until the finish of the match where he held the rope, LA Knight played the face this entire match, and the crowd loved it. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to Money in the Bank later in the show, but if mm-hmm. a certain someone wins that belt, that place is going to explode. So, yep. But we'll get to that. All right. So to cap off yep. SmackDown, out comes uh, Papa H himself to celebrate Roman Reigns being champion for yep. a thousand days. Um. Triple H starts talking about the accomplishment and and how rare it is. It happened in 40 years. And then you see this podium just kind of sitting there behind him. Well, out comes Roman Reigns, you know, doing Roman Reigns stuff, swinging his two belts. Um, and Triple H is like, to celebrate your thousand days, we're going to give you one undisputed title to carry around. And... Um, Kyle, there was a lot of excitement in the air. There was a lot of optimism on Twitter. These motherfuckers just painted the back of the WWE title yellow. Mm-hmm. I actually don't mind it, but I mean, I, I wasn't. But here's the thing. I didn't have high expectations. So. No, no. And if anyone had super high expectations, it's just how WWE does their stuff now. Um, yeah, probably Vince had more to say about it. But. I did hope for something more because i thought the world heavyweight title design this modern version of the big gold belt i thought worked and i'm like if you can do a somewhat modern version of the winged eagle it doesn't have to be the winged eagle itself but you know bring the bird back for god's sakes like it made the belt look cool even the spinner belt had the eagle i don't know why they went away from the stupid block w but i've grown to like it a little more i tried to talk myself into it but Kyle, it looks like they just squirted mustard on that thing. I mean, I like mustard. We're going. <laughs> well, anyway, forget the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to some really good stuff. The Usos came out. Um, this was about a thir- 25, 30 minute segment that main evented SmackDown. Um, Jimmy Uso's going in on Roman Reigns, saying that the bloodline's going to fall and that he will look after Jay Uso because that's his brother. And he's going to look after Solo because that's his brother. And then Solo switches sides. Yeah. Crowd erupts. And at one point, Roman is getting angry and he goes to scream in Jimmy's face and he does the face mush. Jimmy does. Shoving Roman back, which is what Roman's been doing to whenever the Usos talk. Um, And then Jimmy kind of, I don't want to say apologize, but he wanted everyone to get back on the same page, right? Yeah. Like, the whole the whole point of the segment was to stand up for himself, but also, like, hey, let's run this like we've been running it. Let's put all this aside and let's just move forward. Um, Roman gives him a hug and says no. And then Solo Sokoa hit one of the most wicked Samoan spikes on Jimmy Uso to close out the show. Kyle, I said this last week. This bloodline story has become cinema, and um, you just don't know what's coming next. And, like and there's, apparently, there's, there's so more many to different come. things. Yeah. I, yes, yeah. There's so many layers. Dave Meltzer teased before last night, before SmackDown, that there were more twists and turns to take with this story. God, 
Dude, it... this this has to end with someone in that group beating Roman. Well, I don't okay. Think well, Cody here anymore. Well, here here's a couple different ways that you can do this. Mm-hmm. So, where now you tell me what you would rather do. All right. So mm-hmm. it's either you do Roman versus Jay, or sorry, sorry, you do Roman versus Jimmy at Money mm-hmm. in Bank, and then you do Roman versus Jay, or you do a tag team match at Money in the Bank, and then you do. Jimmy versus Roman at SummerSlam. Now, a couple different options there. If you do the one where both the Usos lose, do you think about maybe having Solo win the Royal Rumble? Then mm. you have Solo be the one to beat Roman. Or do you have Cody build momentum? Do you have him win the Elimination Chamber? And then you have Solo basically turn on Roman like around elimination chamber time, and then it's full on Cody, 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 and he wins. So, don't, uh, what, what do you think about that? Because I think it, it comes down to Cody or Solo. I, I'm, it, unless you want the title change at SummerSlam, it, it's got to <laughs> be Jimmy, right? Because there, I, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of different ways they can do this. I, I'm on the side of it's Jay more than Jimmy or Solo. However, I just don't think it's going to be Jay. The Solo thing, you've been preaching it. Um, Ryan came up with the idea of someone in the bloodline. He, he, he thinks someone in the bloodline is going to beat Roman. Uh, Ryan's a friend of ours, for those who don't know. And so, so Solo's creeping in my head. I want it to be Jay. Because that's how this whole thing... I don't think it's going thing, to, yeah. I don't think it will either. What you said about Solo potentially winning the Rumble, I told you this when you suggested it last week, you can do a really cool thing of how, uh, remember how Batista turned face and faced Triple H. Um, You can have it look like he's going to face the World Heavyweight Champion and that him and Roman are going to dominate WWE together and you can pull that really cool swerve. Um, I think that would be the coolest story and that's the one I'm probably going to vote for. But I do really want it to be Jey Uso. Just to bring it all full circle. Yeah, I don't... If, if I had to put good money on it, I don't think it's going to be either Uso. I okay. think it's going to be either Cody or Solo. Yeah, I'm kind it, of leaning... I What I want to... I want it to be Solo. I think they're going to have Cody. If that makes sense. Which so. is not bad. No, which it's is not, not a bad, bad thing. And, but, and then he finishes the story. Yeah. Yeah, so which, I, and I would not be opposed to it. Which technically, for Cody finishing the story, would be just winning a world title. But if he wins that world heavyweight title as the first one, you know, everyone's just going to say, "Oh, it's just a consolation prize, yeah. a participation trophy." Roman Reigns is now integrated in the Cody Rhodes story. That if it's not going to be Solo or Jay or whoever, it has to be Cody. They're, those are the only options. So, a yeah. uh, lot to cover here on WWE. Uh, two things that you just missed. Um, which I'll get into in just a sec. Um, Candice Ray, they actually had a really cool video package for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just talking about her like bubbly, nice personality. Um, and then there's a tease Sunday going into Monday um, about Tommaso Ciampa being backstage. Remember, they were not on TV, and just because you're backstage doesn't mean you are going to be on TV. Um, but it does mean that he's probably getting real close to coming back. So I would yeah. expect. DIY or just Tommaso Ciampa to uh, to be with Johnny Gargano very soon, but uh, WWE 
for the most part, I thought was great this week. So, yeah. um, I think we're going to move on, though. Um, it's time for the Indies. Dylan, are you ready? Yes, sir. This week, I'll be highlighting Action Coast Wrestling, based out of Sacramento, California. Highlighting episodes four and five of their Surge TV show. Uh, Anthony Rivera beat J.D. Bishop with the snake in the grass. Also, Bambi Hall defeated Brittany Wonder with a scorpion inverted drop. It was awesome. On to the next episode. There was only one match on the card. Christina Von Erie faced off against the debuting Jordan Blue. This was a very competitive match. Loved the aggressive wrist locks by Christina, showing her technical game. The newcomer got back in the fight with a double axe handle, and this was just a full-on fight from the start. In the end, Von Erie hits a reverse sidewalk slam throw for the victory to cap off two fun episodes. My MVP goes to Jordan Blue. Loved how she had a lot of resiliency that she showed in this match. She displayed just keep fighting, you know, just not giving up. And she really has a cool moveset as well. So go check out Action Coast Wrestling on YouTube with my MVP being Jordan Blue. And they are based out of Sacramento, California. Awesome, awesome stuff. We'll be sure to tag both the promotion and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week. So you guys give them a like and a follow and check them out whenever you feel like. And also... If there's a promotion or a wrestler that you want Kyle to dive deep into for the indie segment, let us know. Shoot us a message, yep. and uh, he will look it up, and, and we'll cover it. So um, yep. definitely, yep. definitely reach out to us. But, um, yeah, really good stuff. All righty. So we're going to go to you with the, this date in history. All right, sir. So today we are recording this on June 3rd, so all of these dates will be June 3rd. Are you ready? Yep. All right, June 3rd, 1989, Dusty Rhodes made his WWF debut by defeating the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase at a house show in Boston, Massachusetts. In 1991, in Birmingham, Alabama, at a WCW Worldwide taping, stunning Steve Austin defeated beautiful Bobby Eaton to win the WCW (laughs) World Television Championship. In 2002, on WWE Monday Night Raw from Dallas, Texas, Bradshaw defeated Steven Richards to win the WWE Hardcore Championship. On the same show, Shawn Michaels made his return to WWE television as a member of the NWO, and Stone Cold Steve Austin battled Ric Flair in the main event. In 2000- Steven Richards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In 2003, SmackDown took place in Anaheim, California, and Rey Mysterio defeated Matt Hardy for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Sometimes I forget that Matt Hardy was a Cruiserweight Champion. I also forget. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 2004, TNA Wrestling taped their first ever episode of Impact from Universal Studios mm. in Orlando. In the main event, AJ Styles defeated Michael Shane, Elix Skipper, and Chris Sabin to earn an X Division title shot. America's Most Wanted, the team of James Storm and Chris Harris, beat Kid Cash and Dallas to win the NWA World Tag Team Championships. And in 2007, WWE ran their one-night stand pay-per-view subtitled Extreme Rules. It took place in Jacksonville, Florida. Every match had some kind of extreme stipulation. The most notable happening on the show was Bobby Lashley defeating Vince McMahon in a street fight to win uh, the ECW championship. This uh, was do-rag Vince, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, John Cena retained the WWE Championship in a somewhat good main event against the Great Khali, which was a last man standing match. Also, Randy Orton defeated Rob Van Dam in a stretcher match and then attacked RVD post-match to write him off TV. And that was actually how RVD left the company, apparently. Hmm. Um, Also, today is the birthday of former TBS champion Jade Cargill. And that's all I got. All right. Yeah, good stuff. And hearing Steven Richards is uh, (laughs) not Stevie, (laughs) that uh, definitely something. WWE. um, Yeah. Uh, Dylan, are you ready to get into the uh, top five power ranking segment? Yes, sir. All right. Let's start with number five goes to WWE's Shayna Baszler. One of the very best pure workers in the world rarely gets a chance to shine, but finally got a rub, but not in the way we particularly want. She won the Raw, or sorry, the women's tag team titles in a fatal four-way match with Ronda Rousey. Obviously, she is better than Ronda in every single way possible. Yes. But I'm hoping this leads to more dominance for Shayna and not being held back any longer because of how talented she really is. Number four goes to WWE's Shinsuke Nakamura. The fans are really starting to get behind him again, not just because of his theme song, but his in-ring abilities. This way, he qualified for the Money in the Bank letter match um, against Bronson Reed. Nakamura has a top-tier charisma, and I cannot wait to see what he can do with five others in that ladder match. This will only boost his momentum with some big wins as of late. Number three goes to AEW's Commander. If you have not seen him in action, please go do so, because he is a fantastic luchador who has all the abilities. He was all over the country facing the best of the best, going head-to-head with Vikingo and Gringo Loco, to name a few. The ability that he has to walk on the ropes is literally insane, and he does it with such ease. I cannot wait for him to get even more steam because he really is someone that every wrestling fan can enjoy. Number two goes to New Japan Pro Wrestling's Titan. He may not have reached his ultimate goal this week, but my goodness, he made everyone in the ring he was with look like absolute megastars. Titan was someone I was not too familiar with, but watching him beat El Desperado and putting over Master Watto the way that he did was sensational. He may not have won the Super Juniors, but he showed everyone what he's capable of, so expect him to, to be on a bigger stage one day. But number one goes to Impact's PCO. The 55-year-old uh, had made waves for a lot of different reasons, but he made a statement under siege, also putting Macklin over in the process. The match was for the Impact World title. Dylan, this was absolutely brutal. Mm-hmm. This man had cinder blocks and stones on his back. And yep. Macklin hit him with a sledgehammer. Dude, oh my, oh my gosh. What about the staples? Um, that was, oh, yeah, dude, the staples. Oh, dude. <laughs> uh, PCO is not going to win any major titles in the company. But anytime he gets an opportunity, he hits an absolute home run. So PCO takes the top spot first time in your uh top five power rankings that he's taking the top spot yeah i think it's the first time he's ever been in it yeah first time yeah how about that perfect start for pco yeah Yeah. dude this man got his mouth stapled shut dude this was brutal like i've never seen matches probably of the year i've never seen that yeah this that's almost as extreme as brock lesnar driving a tractor at summers i'm kidding yeah, no, you would say that because you're a Vince guy, but uh, oh, whatever. <laughs> but uh, that's it for the uh, top five this week. Um, Dylan, would you like to tell everyone your WM of the week? Yes, sir. So 
let's talk about WWE here. Um, This story actually came out around this time last year, but I didn't see it until this week. Um, Okay. So you've probably heard this story and many have, but let's talk about it right now. Apparently, WWE had bigger plans for Edge's Judgment Day stable. Edge himself commissioned for Parker Bordeaux to be part Mm -hmm. of the team, and then WWE fired him (laughs) in a release that still kind of debated kind of to this day of was it kind of, you know, was it just, was it, you know, did it need to happen? Did he need more time? Um, You probably know a little better than me. Um, How has he done post-WWE, and do you think he would have been a good fit for Edge's Judgment Day? By the way, pairing him with a legend like that may have helped his progression. Yeah, I think pairing him with a legend would help. Um, I'm just trying to think. Now, I don't think he would be as good as a Dominic or as a priest, but I think maybe in a different stable post-Judgment Day he would have been okay. Um, paired with Edge, um, I don't think he would have been great in like what Judgment Day has become. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not seeing him a lot anywhere. Um, he's probably been on Dark. They started a stable with him and Swerve that didn't go anywhere. So they're not really using him either. So I, unless that he just hasn't really picked up. And there, were, there was a story before he got released said that he wasn't like making the strides they thought they or that they thought he would. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, he's got the look. He has raw abilities. I think they just don't I'm gonna be honest, I think they gave up on him too soon. That's what a lot of people think. So um, I would have been okay with him being in the stable with edge. I just don't know about this judgment day. So mm-hmm. that's where I think of it. But um, we're gonna get in the mind real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Vince will always get uh, half, but the other half goes to Vince McMahon. Recently <laughs> on his podcast, Road Dog was talking about how he and Billy Gunn lost a WWF tag team titles to Ken Shamrock and Big Boss Man at the tail end of 1998. He specifically went to Vince's office saying that he did not want to break up with Billy as a tag team because, you know, of the support that Gunn would give him and basically the emotional support throughout their run. What do you know? Vince immediately breaks them up, says, screw that. And Road Dog said he even cried when he found out they weren't going to have, you know, have his tag partner by his side. Ended up turning okay. But Vince not caring about how much Billy actually helped Road Dog and splitting them. Even, you know, when there was a meeting, it was like, hey, man, just please don't do this. You know, he helps me. And he was like, yeah, now I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> that just kind of talks some more about the person that he actually is. And not who or not how talks about him. So, uh, oh yeah, Teddy Long says nicest human on earth, right? Yeah. So yeah. So that uh, this is the actual Vince that we get, not the Teddy Long make believe stuff. So, what do you think about this story? Uh, I mean, it doesn't shock me. Remember, once upon a time in WWE, um, Vince wasn't as open to the idea of male and female competitors dating. Yeah, And there were a lot of stories whenever they would do the draft and stuff that he would purposefully split couples up if he or knew they were teams. dating yeah. or, or tag teams. But like to get a little more personal, he would split couples up so they have to work separate shows and have different travel schedules. So to hear that Road Dog, who views Billy Gunn as 
a very, very good friend, very close friend. Yeah. Probably made life on the road easier. You know, any anxieties going into like a wrestling match, you know, it's good to have a buddy there. And Vince was like, fuck your friendship. I don't care. Yep. That's how it doesn't. It doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me at all. Now you know why we don't want him. Like this, this (laughs) is the person that he is. So, um, yeah, dude, the, the, the less Vince, the better, but, um, man, dude, just seeing some of these stories that continue to come out. I just don't know what endeavor. (laughs) I I, I just don't know how you can money. Yeah. I mean, it's the money and the business, but dude, I, just even as a personal level, I just don't know how you keep going on well, with look, him. But here's here's the weird thing though about WWE, and you know, you say why would Endeavor do it? You know, yeah, Vince is a garbage human being. It's very well known, but on screen, WWE is on the best pay per view run they've been in on a very long time, and that's what Endeavor cares about is money and uh, now, how was that under Vince though? No, <laughs> I'm saying. I don't want Vince anywhere near WWE because I don't think no. he's worthy of it. But the reason why Endeavor is going to buy WWE is because of what Triple H is doing. Not Vince, yeah, but they so. wanted, but he wanted Vince though. Well, I mean, Vince clearly has some say in certain stars. It's kind of obvious. Well, yeah, Roman well, Roman would have lost his titles by now. Just saying. I, I, you know what? I, I'm starting to kind of agree with that. I, I really, if it was up to him, he probably would have lost to Cody. Probably, yeah. But we don't I think so. But Triple H has turned, you know, chicken shit into chicken salad. By oh. what I mean by that is, given a world champion who has both belts and a roster that's worthy of being a world champion. Hey, look at the story that he wrote. Yeah, he was I mean, he was too. handcuffed to that, and uh, he's turned it into the best thing wrestling has seen in a long time. Um, so before we um, go to the interview, um, which is absolutely fantastic, but we'll get more. Just a sec. So let's talk about the Money in the Bank big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about the women's field real quick. So Zelina Vega already qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, we have four qualifying matches next week. Becky Lynch versus Sonya Deville. Dylan, who's your uh, pick in that? I Because I could see her going either way. I think it's going to be Sonya due to interference. Okay. And that's, so, and that's how you get Trish and um, – well, Becky okay. too at Money in the Bank. Okay, so Zoe Stark versus Natalia. Zoe. Okay, so you think Zoe's in the match and not yes, Becky? Exactly okay. to further All that right. feud. Um, Natalia does uh, no, please no. <laughs> uh, on Raw, we are that's on Raw. So SmackDown, Shotzi Blackheart versus EO Sky. I really EO. wanted both yeah. of them in this match. EO's. Come on. Yeah, EO has all the momentum in the world. I mean, um, you saw that segment on SmackDown. She got a big pop coming out to Asuka. And, and then this one's interesting. Bailey versus Mia Yim on SmackDown. Now, I think the obvious choice would be Bailey, mm-hmm. but could there be like a potential EO Sky Bailey like miscommunication yep. and Mia Yim trying to build up the you know that club that she's mm-hmm. in with AJ Styles? So are you saying Mia Yim's going to win? Bingo. That's the story I think they go with. I okay. think you see some sort of you, – you plant the seeds of jealousy. Say Eosky wins her qualifying match, but Bailey doesn't. Um, and now Bailey, who thinks of herself as the leader of damage control, now is seeing her teammates kind of succeed really without her in a lot of ways, um, especially EO. I could see that playing a factor. And, yeah, and no. Bailey loses hers. And then the and then the last um, rumored match I think would be a week from Raw 
um, would be Chelsea Green versus Candice Array. Um, I think going in, I think Chelsea would probably would have been the favorite, but they're trying to build Candice. With I, think, co- it's you Candace. Know that I yeah. think Candace is going to win. Um, so the field, as Dylan would predict, would be Zelina, Sonia, Zoe Stark. Then you have Io, Mia Yim, and Candice Array. Mm-hmm. So do you have Io in that match? And let me ask you a question if you do. Hmm. If... So, so what do you do at SummerSlam then? What does Asuka do at SummerSlam if it's not... Because you could do EO versus Asuka without her winning. Now, mm-hmm. I don't see a way that Bianca and Charlotte are not on SummerSlam. Yeah. So, there's definitely going to be something there. So, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, I, I, think the, I think the obvious answer is EO. But I have a curveball in a second. Yeah, I, I I think EO is in the match um, in the it money wins. in the bank in, in in the money in the bank match and wins. Yes, I think that's what they go with. Um, as much as I'm not a fan of this, you can draw the Bianca Belair stuff if you do a stipulation at SummerSlam to make it compelling because they're going to have another one on one at Money in the Bank. Then what does Charlotte do? Yeah, you know Charlotte's mm-hmm. not missing SummerSlam. Uh, I mean, she missed last year, didn't she? Did she? When she hurt, though? Mm. Was she hurt? Oh, no, she was on her honeymoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, see, yeah, she, yeah, missed, okay, shoot. she missed last year. But she's um, on the honeymoon. And Vince <laughs> is really going to want her. I mean, I mean, what would you do with Charlotte? I don't think, I don't think she's in the title picture. I don't. I think she is. I, I, as do if I'm gonna be honest, they probably do a triple threat between Charlotte, Oscar, and Bianca. Charlotte got drafted to SmackDown, right? Yes. Okay. All three of them are technically on SmackDown. Okay. I was gonna say the only other thing that would be kind of compelling is give her Rhea Ripley again and have Rhea win again to further solidify herself. Um, not- as if she's not already, but they're on different brands. I forgot that. So yeah, I, I don't really know what you do with Charlotte, but. Um, if it's not EO, I'm going to throw your curveball real quick and move on. I think Candice LeRae is very interesting because they're mm-hmm. try- you can see that they're really trying to build her up. Um, she's getting these video packages. Candice is a really, really good wrestler who I think character work is good. She just needs to connect with this crowd. Uh, main roster crowd is a lot different than how she connected with the NXT Black and Gold. So I think she is a very big dark horse here. If they decide maybe to do a Becky or sorry a Bailey in match turn on EO, so I think that could also be a possibility. Um, I do see EO winning this match uh, with Candice being the uh, the mind number two. But we're going to move on to the men's. So Ricochet, Nakamura, LA Knight have all qualified, like Dylan said. Um, next week, Dylan, we have Mustafa Ali versus Santos Escobar. I have mm-hmm. Escobar. Do you yeah. as well? Yep. Okay. And then we also have Baron Corbin taking on Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Yeah, Pete. I mean, it's in, it's in England. It's Baron, going to be Pete Dunn. Baron Corbin's teasing that he's going to wrestle for the NXT title. After losing in six seconds. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's what NXT is. But uh, so assuming Dunn and Escobar win, which, I mean, I think, I they, think they are, we're going to have Ricochet Nakamura, LA Knight, Pete Dunn, and Santos Escobar. Oh, my God. Um, 
Who do you think takes the last spot? I think it's going to be a big name. One more time. So we have Nakamura. We have Ricochet. We have L.A. Knight. We'll have Escobar and Pete Dunne. I think it has to be Balor. I think I think the Judgment Day has to be represented in some way. By the way, Damian Priest challenging for the World Heavyweight title yes. on Raw yep. uh, this coming Monday. That was announced last night. I forgot to mention. Yep. Um, I think you need some sort of Judgment Day representation. I wouldn't be mad if it's Priest, but if you think there needs to be a big name, I think it has to be Finn Balor. Yeah, I think you do because Cody a big na- Cody's Cody's going to sell the injury, so he's not. And plus, he's probably facing Brock anyway, but um, I think it has to be Balor. Now, do you think it could be someone like Logan Paul? I guess uh, I could see it. I could really see it. Here's the thing. I wouldn't be mad about it. And I'm seeing a lot of fan theories thinking he's going to win Money in the Bank. Oh, God, no, I dude, don't please. think that needs to happen at all. Um, now, I wouldn't be mad if he's in it, though. Well, I wouldn't be mad, Dylan, if it sets up him and Ricochet at SummerSlam. Because remember, they had that spot at yeah. at the uh, at the Royal Rumble. Now, if they had maybe another spot at SummerSlam, or sorry, at Money in the Bank, we get to SummerSlam, have a one-off match. I think that could be a lot of fun. So if Logan Paul's in the match, I mean, LA has to win this match. I mean, LA Knight is getting that uh, that crowd reaction. He's starting to pick up some good wins here, Dylan. I you know you you saw him with the briefcases climbing the ladder. I would be shocked. If it's not LA Knight winning the tie or the the briefcase, I think it needs to be. I, I think so. You guys you build, you build, you build a new star, and yep. with the Money in the Bank briefcase, first off, have you noticed they're kind of teasing that it can go for any title? It doesn't necessarily have oh, to be a world title. He's cashing in on Rollins. Yes, yeah, he that's is. What, he's that's cashing what I'm in saying. Rollins, I know, baby. I know yep. they're teasing that like, oh, he could cash it in on Austin Theory, or oh, he could cash it in on 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 Walter. It doesn't say he has to be on his brand, so it doesn't have no. to be Roman Reigns necessarily if you want to continue the Bloodline story and finish it how you want. You can easily have L.A. Knight cash in on Rollins. I'd do easily. it I wouldn't do it that early. I want L.A. Knight to carry that briefcase for a while because I think it would really work with the character. Him kind of like dangling that over people's head with this kind of cocky, yeah, attitude. I'm just saying. It's going to be interesting you can, what they you do. Can, you, you can have six months of promos of him, you know, cutting a promo about how he's going to be a world champion. And that's just a fact of life. Like, you can tie it into the gimmick so well. I would let him hold on to that briefcase. I don't know. I, I, I kind of see the women's being held longer than the men's. Uh, I but, think it's flipped. Um, I, you know, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make my prediction. I think LA does win and catches in on Seth at SummerSlam. I th- I, I really think they want mm. that splash, and I think they're going to do LA. Now I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I I do think him with the briefcase were a little bit longer, but Dylan sometimes when it's hot, you, yeah. I mean, we don't know what could happen to either guy. So mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to go for it. Now yeah. EO, I don't really know what they do. Maybe they do an angle with her and Bailey, maybe fight over it for a little bit. I don't really know. Um, I personally, you know, I said this to Christian, you, I think screw the main event with Charlotte and Bianca. Have that as a non-title match at WrestleMania and have that match be a damage control triple threat. I think yeah. that, I think that's the money there. I, mm-hmm. and dude, Charlotte and Bianca does not need to be for a title. It really nope. doesn't. Nope. And I, and Rhonda, 
just just get her off my TV. Dude, she is the wor- dude. Omos is the worst men's wrestler. We know the worst women's wrestler and uh, dude, Ronda Rousey is so bad. Dude, I I honestly just want to turn off my TV. She <laughs> dude, she is so so bad. Like, I mean, it's, she, it's, she, she's also the worst promo in wrestling. She's worse than Omos. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, that dude, whole thing she, where she was like, um, what'd she say about the fucking belts when they won? Look at these nuts or whatever. Oh, God, I don't even know, dude. dude I don't even know what so she said. It's so bad, bro. It's so bad. So, uh, yeah. So but bad. they're going to they're gonna hold those titles through the summer. And I think and it's no clear. Break. Well, I think it's clear who's probably going to take those belts off of them. They're building up um, – God, I can't remember the team name, but it's the new uh, team from NXT. Is it Alba F- – Alba oh, Kaylee Ray and um, – and is it Is- Isla Dawn? Isla. Like Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn, yeah. Yeah. So uh, – and then, remember, they still haven't used um, Caden Carter and um, Casey Catanzaro. So, maybe that's, yeah. a, that's a team that they Build can use, but a lot of different options. Um also, at Money of the Bank, we could get Sheamus Theory. I think it would be a really good match. Mm-hmm. We're definitely getting to get Asuka versus Bianca. We could get Riddle versus Walter. Um, Oof, we're probably going to get a possible Roman Jimmy or a uh, Roman or a tag, tag match. match. Yeah. Um, so, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I think Money in the Bank is shaping up to be maybe the best ever. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm very excited for it. And also, um, I did not know until yesterday, uh, July 1st, it'll be at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So That's a, that's a Saturday, right? Yes. So that would be 3 p.m. Eastern time streamed live. So, I get off at 3 o'clock on Saturday, so they better so, fucking let me go. So make sure that you are home ready because I will be ready to watch all the action. But um, yep. Dylan, do you want to tell everyone what we're doing next week? Yeah, so uh, we're doing some more black and gold. Um, it's yep. going to be NXT R Evolution, I believe is yep. how it was pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to start about a two-month stretch with Christian on the show. We're going to yes. have the third voice yep. um, every single week, I think, up until middle of August. So yep. right at two months. So uh, we're excited for that. Um, and, yeah, next week we've had fun with the black and gold series. And um, I know Kyle's having a great time. Oh, and he looks, yeah, he looks forward to him. <laughs> and, um, we also love having Christian on the show. So having two months with him is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I've also watched all of the episodes from the last takeover to this takeover. <laughs> have them all watched. I'm ready to go. Um, so I, I know all the builds. I know what's going on. So I am very excited for it. But um, this interview with Tom Mitchell, absolutely fantastic. He is an awesome person. Um, had a lot of conversations. Um, doing quick thought before we uh, get to the interview. Quick fact? No thought. Oh, quick thought. I'm yeah. like, what? What fact? Hey, uh, quick fact. Uh-huh. He likes a certain brain we just talked about. So yeah, that was a nice yep. little tie-in, nice yep. segue right yep. to the interview. Um, yeah, no, Tom was really cool to talk to. We spoke to him earlier in the week. Um, yes, he did uh, like a certain brand, and we dive into that. Um, in this interview as well so hope you so guys much enjoy that yep. yeah and i hope he uh tunes in next week and and monthly with these uh black and gold reruns that we've been doing so yeah um really cool stuff and i think you guys are gonna uh really like them all righty so we will get to the interview but that is it for this portion so uh don't without further ado let's get tom mitchell on the show
All right, guys, we are very excited to have a top indie wrestler, Tom Mitchell, joining the show tonight. Before we get into the questions, do you want to tell the viewers a little bit about yourself and how you got into the wrestling industry? Absolutely. First of all, thank you, Kyle and Dylan, for hosting me tonight. Uh, Big honor. Uh, But as far as myself, my name is Tom Mitchell. I have been wrestling since 2022, so just made my debut last year. Um, I actually started off in the wrestling business in 2018 as a backstage announcer. Uh, COVID happened. I uh, was looking for something physical to do. Um, I, was a co- I was a college football player in my days in college. I uh, wanted to keep going and had that bug scratched when I was a kid to try out the wrestling. And so far, man, it's been quite the ride. And here I am, uh, a little over a year since my debut, about 45 matches in, and just been enjoying the ride so far. Nice. What, uh, where did you play college football? Uh, a small D3 school up in uh, Dallas, PA, called Misericordia. It's middle of nowhere, but... Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Kyle's about to add that to yeah, Oh, absolutely. I love colleges, so I, I'm definitely going to look that up. But uh, Dylan, <laughs> you can start us with a question. Yeah, so um, how did you originally get involved? Like, you mentioned you started as, like, a backstage interviewer, backstage announcer. Um what made you want to do that role over the in-ring competition at first? So at first I did backstage announcing because in 2018, it was my junior year of college ball. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no shot I could handle both wrestling and doing uh, football. I was mm-hmm. like, my body just physically would not hold up. Uh, but I always want to get involved in the business. And I was looking more at the marketing side of things of the business when Mm -hmm. I was um, in college. So I found a nearby promotion uh, to Misericordia called Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling, PPW, Mm -hmm. based out of the Poconos in PA. Um, And they had a TV show. We're looking for someone who could be a backstage announcer. I had no experience, uh, but uh, they're like, well, give you a shot and they liked me enough kept me coming around month after month and eventually grew to once i started wrestling they were like all right we're gonna we're gonna set you up with this big angle right away and kind of put, put the rock on you kid and see how far it takes you yeah wow. absolutely no so i'll uh, i'll get into mine real quick um so i've been watching some of your matches recently i was really impressed by your movements you set up for a spear that was reversed quickly, but then you rolled into your next spot and then stand right on the attack before they can get up. So how long did it take for you to get comfortable with like ring awareness and get all those slight movements down? Yeah, the ring awareness part, um, I'll go back to my uh, football background. Uh, just kind of being athletic and kind of realizing where I'm supposed to be um, really helped out a lot when I was first starting out. Um, but then, yeah, just great, great coaching along the way to kind of make those little things like, like the roles, like stuff that like, you know, maybe like the casual fan might not notice, but like us wrestlers will, like notice if like guys like roles aren't crisp or his footwork, but I mean, mm-hmm. clearly you guys are catching on if you're, uh, mentioning it on the podcast. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, first of all, I kudos to you guys for catching that. But, yeah, it's just one of those things that definitely being an athlete helps out with. But at the same time, um, just, just being coached up well. Um, I give a lot of credit to um, Alpha Jr. Um, and then Ken Andrews, 
uh, kind of two guys who really helped me along the way, as well as a tag team called Dog Nation who've helped me out immensely as well. Um, just d- different guys just kind of critiquing me and seeing where I could be better at. So, yeah, just just a lot of good coaching really helped me out. All right, don't go ahead. <clears throat> so now knowing that you have a football background, I'm not going to necessarily have you pick which one's more challenging, but describe both the similarities and the differences of like a traditional like football practice to training to be a pro wrestler. Yeah, that's actually a great question. Um, so when it comes to football, mm-hmm. I would say I was a lot more structured as far as, all right, like, you go into your positional drills, then you'll warm up and then you'll do special teams and then it'll be defensive install. Then the uh, practice against the scout team um, or whatever the case was that day, but it's typically (laughs) somewhere along those lines. Um, Wrestling training, it's more or less um, we'll do our roles um, to kind of like warm up our bodies. Um, We'll do like a couple of like quick spots, like, maybe spots we won't ever like run in a match, but just kind of some to get your mind thinking, like maybe I could use this. Maybe uh, this is like a different way of looking at things. And then after that, like it's really like, Hey, I want to try this. Like we can put the crash pad down and see if I can hit it or, Hey, like I really want to work on some chain wrestling. So like, it's not really like Monday I do this, Tuesday I do this. <laughs> it's, it's more like, all right, what, what was I thinking of today? Like, or like, I saw like, I was watching Raw last night, and so and so hit this move. I was like, I wonder mm-hmm. if I'd be able to pull up. just stuff like that. Where this stru- like it's structured. Don't get me wrong, but it's not quite as cookie cutter as football practices were. Yeah, it's not like Monday seven on seven, Tuesdays individual. You know, weight room. It's more or less like kind of more free flowing. I guess would be a little way to describe it. I mean, you still have your your structuring, but yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's. Yeah, like I said, cookie cutter is probably the best way I can describe football practices as far as, like, mm-hmm. no matter what day of the week. Like, if it was uh, during the season, like, I knew, like, Mondays would be in uppers, Tuesdays full pads, Wednesdays yeah. back to uppers, Thursdays um, only helmets, and whatever the case is, so. Wow. What uh, position did you play? Um, I played free safety. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't have did- an arm, so I like being in control of the defense. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever try offense at all, or was that the position you really started at? Yeah, I mean, in high school I played uh, tight end or, like, the slot receiver, depending on the formation, but I just love defense, man. I love to hit people. I love the violence of that side of the ball. And to me, it's yeah. re- you always – I'd rather give the hit than <laughs> receive the hit. It's kind of the way I look at defense. Yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you. Transition's perfect to wrestling. Oh, yeah. big time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, pro wrestling is a grueling industry. So, I wanted to ask you if you could think of a time or a match where you were really hurting the next day. And, like, how long did that injury take to heal? Yeah. So, um, in November, I was in – it was a triple threat tag team match. So, it was me and my partner um, against two guys against two guys for uh, tag titles. Um, And – in the match, I get hit with the R-team's finisher, and right away, um, I come down. I was like, something just feels off my shoulder. And so I was went to the back. I was like, man, like this – like I've had like stingers and stuff in football. I was like, this just doesn't feel right. And like I knew – it was like, like I said, one of those things where I landed right away. I was like, oh, dude, like I did something. And the thing was, like six days later, I was 
getting flown down to Alabama to wrestle down there. So I was like, oh, please don't be anything serious. Um, turns out it was pretty serious. I ended up separating my shoulder. Um, so, but told told the guy in Alabama, I was like, I'll I'll tough it out. So, uh, wait, you didn't that, you didn't take time off? No, Re- wrestled. Uh, at least I wrestled the next weekend. I had two shows that weekend. I wrestled those two, and I was. Jeez. Dude, it was it was it was a struggle <clears throat> after that uh especially that match in uh Alabama. It was a Friday night show and I was like, dude, I'm gonna need like some painkillers or something <laughs> after I got to the back. I was like I was like barely hanging on, but the promoter absolutely loved the match, so oh. I was like, I did my part. <laughs> but Jeez, <laughs> that is wow. one thing Dylan and I could not do was so um no, uh, no, don't go ahead. No, I was gonna say I broke my toe and hurt to put my shoe on. I almost called off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> couldn't I know. Ima- couldn't imagine taking bump with a separated shoulder. Oh, so you mentioned you mentioned your uh, your tag team title reign, um, and now I'm seeing a lot of your future bookings are, are around. Now you're also kind of branching more into singles wrestling. Is that a goal of yours moving forward? What other goals do you have? Um, so really, just the biggest goal I have is just kind of get my name out there. I'm very mm-hmm. much um, all around PA, which I'm very grateful for, but I really want to kind of expand to more regional. So like uh, I got some shows coming like Maryland, West Virginia, New Jersey. Um, I'd love to get to like New York and Virginia. Uh, so yeah, just really just getting the name out there and then ho- hoping that different promotions see my talent and then just fight by word of mouth, become more of a commodity that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, is, is Pennsylvania, like, your favorite place to wrestle, or do you like, you know, going to other places? Um, what, what do you think there? Um, Pennsylvania is great, uh, because I have a lot of family throughout the state that can typically make, make shows I'm at, uh, which is always cool to see, uh, like, family and friends in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the challenge of going out of state where it's like, all right, you really got to make that connection when you go out there. Like these people have no idea who you are, like give them a reason to care when you walk through a curtain. So I, that's, it's, it's a give or take, like there's positives and negatives to both. Um, but yeah, it's regardless. I just love going out and entertaining people, uh, no matter where they're at. Yeah, for sure. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you got from a fellow wrestler and how did you like translate it into your craft? Oh, that's probably the best piece of advice I've gotten was just told to slow down. Um, I was very antsy, just very ready to go, like full of piss and vinegar when I first came on <laughs> yeah. the scene. Um, but then like I watched my matches back. And it's like, wow, I just rushing to the next thing. Like, I know what happens because I was in the match, but I didn't give it a chance to breathe and it didn't register for the audience. So, uh, yeah, I was watching a match back with a trainer, a practice match. And literally, it's just like, dude, you guys slow down. Like, you got to let things resonate. So, it's still something I'm not perfect at and I'm always trying to get better with, but. Yeah, that was the biggest thing, uh, as far especially starting out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, don't go ahead. Who were who were some of your favorites growing up? It sounded like you've been a fan of wrestling for for quite some time. Who were some of your inspirations and who you draw from? 
Oh yeah. So, um, favorites growing up, uh, Kane was a big one, uh, Shelton Benjamin. And then when I kind of got older like kind of more like my teenage years and re- realized sort of how wrestling worked per se, um, mm-hmm. I was just really, um, enamored with how AJ Styles wrestles and Seth Rollins, especially character wise. Um, I don't know if you guys remember NXT Bo Dallas. Oh yeah. But, oh yeah. Big time character too. Guys, I absolutely loved his stuff because it was like he his whole thing is and his right because he's just so positive, wanting everyone to believe in him and become like it was just so excessive. So I think that's what makes the best heels is when in their mind they're right, but yep. the way about going about it are twisted. Like Bray Wyatt's another great example of that where like, yeah, he's this crazy cult leader but in his mind like he's just trying to preach the truth to his his followers so (laughs) yeah i i actually think bo dallas one of the more underrated wrestlers too especially in the nxt black and gold the early days Mm -hmm. uh he was absolutely phenomenal love bo dallas absolutely yeah and he is the one who kind of got me hooked on black and gold because i remember just watching nxt when uh the network was first a thing and i was like who is this guy like he's absolutely hilarious yeah, I got. I was just telling this uh, to Dylan. I think I got into Black and Gold late 2014 with the Fatal Four Way match. I think it was NXT Takeover Two, so I was a little bit later to Black and Gold. But oh, I miss it every single day. But don't <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> dude. This is an everyday conversation. This is what I, he just longs for NXT Black and Gold. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely my uh, that's my brand there, but yeah. Truly, I think it was like the best era, modern era of wrestling. Oh like, yeah, it was a lot of era, a lot. Like, but I love this guy. Oh god, man, this is great. <laughs> Just to hear everything that I feel, great, great. Well, it also it also put us on this like new trend that you know regular TV shows can have twenty minute matches. That's what you see on Dynamite now all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I think it allowed promotions to kind of step out and be like, oh yeah, you can put that on tv doesn't have to just be pay-per-views or whatever um yeah so for for someone who you know hypothetically fresh eyes has never seen you wrestle before how would you describe like your in-ring style uh to someone so i would describe my in-ring style as smooth to be honest with you so i consider myself an all-arounder where no matter the opponent um if there's a guy smaller than me i can outmuscle them if it's a bigger guy, I can use my speed, uh, my agility, uh, pull off some some crazy moves from the top rope or over the ropes, where the case is. Um, just, just get technical with someone who really wants to wrestle. Um, so no matter what anyone wants to throw at me, like I'm able to adapt to any style, and it makes me like a very versatile asset to have on a card. Is the way I describe myself to someone who's watched me for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think your biggest strength and weakness is right now inside the ring? Inside the ring, um, my biggest strength, um, I would really say like that there's no one place you can attack me where mm-hmm. like I feel weak at per se. Like like I mentioned, like my like I, speed, strength, technical ability. I feel like I kind of got it all. Um, I'd say weakness-wise, maybe my brawling isn't quite like The Undertaker or John Moxley or whoever you want to 
Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, solid. the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was, uh, yeah. So brawling is definitely my uh, probably the weak point in my offense. Um, if someone can punch out, I'm probably shooting for a leg or something because, uh, yeah, not not my best asset. I know that. And that probably will just be repetition too. I um I remember I was watching one of your matches today, and I loved the spot where you did like the through the second rope roll, and then I, I can't remember if you did a drop kick or a face bust or something like that. But um, yeah, I I just think you're super super quick. Like you said, I I think that's definitely one of your strengths as well. So it's uh it's cool to hear that. Yeah, I appreciate. But don't go ahead. Yeah, so I heard you mention uh, a little earlier that, you know, you've traveled all around the state of Pennsylvania. You uh, said you went down to Alabama, correct? Correct. Um, what Do you have any fun anecdotes from the road, any fun stories of, uh, you know, late night trips to Waffle House? Oh, yeah. Um, so are you guys familiar with um, AEW's Action Andretti? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, before he got signed, me, him, and uh, this another guy, uh, Bro Keller, um, another phenomenal indie talent. If you don't know about him, I recommend checking him out. Um, we we were like a carload typically when we'd go to PBW shows because we all live near each other and whatnot. Um, this most recent show, uh, Andretti actually came back, and so we we're Bro and Andre were the main event. And we were about to get ready to leave. And there's a bar literally like this, this building's an expo center. Mm-hmm. And there's a bar literally right outside the expo center. And mm-hmm. the bartender flags us down. It's like, oh, come over here. Like, take some shots of us. And <laughs> so those two <laughs> ended up getting pretty ripped. I was driving. So I was like, I can't be doing all that now. But just their whole ride back, they were just hooting and hollering. And it's just like, man, it's just like <laughs> one of those things where. Like sometimes you have to take a step back and be like, man, my life's pretty cool sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, Dreddy had a really good match with I think it was Kyle Fletcher on Rampage a couple of weeks ago. So that dude is awesome. So I'm really glad you brought him up. But um, don't you have more uh, questions for uh, Tom Mitchell here? Yeah. So I saw your very first match. You teamed with formerly known as. Fandango in WWE or, or Johnny Curtis. What was that experience like? And were you able to like pick his brain at all? You know, sort of like in ring psychology stuff. Yeah. So funny enough, um, the way that match came about is so I was trained and this um, other kid was trained and we we're, we we're going to debut as a team and have a tag team match. Um, this kid dropped out of the training and all of a sudden <laughs> they're like, well, you don't have a partner. And at that time, Fandango had, there was a show nearby that got canceled, but here he has flight booked for and booked and paid. So like he's already mm-hmm. going to be out this way. Mm-hmm. So uh, my promotion uh, brought him in. The promotion was PPCW and uh, mm-hmm. York, York PA. Um, they brought Fandango in and they're like, we're very impressed with how you've been performing and training. Uh, we're going to give you this opportunity, your first match. And, I was not gonna lie. I was like, crap my pants. I was like, dude, like I can't screw this up now. Like my, my whole thing was like, you only get one debut. And it's like, so you can't ruin it. Cause that's everyone's first impression of you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and they're gonna put me a Fandango. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like I blow this. <laughs> um, but actually like calling the match, 
um, I was like, all right, I need like to know exactly when everything is happening at that time. But those guys at that level, like WWE level and stuff, like he called everything in two minutes. I was like, um, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause he had to do like um meet and greets and sign autographs and whatnot. So he really wasn't around to call much. He's just like, we're this, 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 this cool kid. I was like, uh, I, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, I, after match, um, he didn't even know it was my first match. Like he found out after the fact. He's like, dude, like that was way better than my first. Match. Oh wow! Yeah, he, he he was a really cool guy, and he's he was insistent that um, I hit the four fifty splash to go over. So it was a really cool moment. Um, and yeah, it's something I'm very grateful for. Like not many can say that they had a former WWE stars or tag partner their first match. So. Oh, so he like gave you the rub. He let you get the finish. Like you yeah. take, you get the pin. Absolutely. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna hit a super kick, and then what's your finish, kid? And I was like, four fifty. He's like, oh, yeah, you're hitting that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the get the crowd to pop, send them home happy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you got me on a NXT Black and Gold kick. So I gotta ask you one more question. Um, who were some of your other favorites? Um, as the brand got bigger, um, who were some of your other favorites um, on the uh, on the brand? Um, as the brand got bigger, um, so Sami Zayn, like it was the way that he connected with the crowd is unreal. Yeah. And now we're finally going to see on the main roster. It's so so cool to see. Um, Finn Balor was a guy I had no idea. Like I really didn't follow much outside of WWE when I was <laughs> uh, first breaking in. Um, so I was like, I, why should I care about this Irish guy? And then he brought the team. I was like, oh, this is the coolest guy ever. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some later ones, but those two were always, oh, Tyson Kidd. Um, oh, even love he, him. he was earlier, I always thought he was so, so underrated um, with everything he did. Um, I actually just watched Sami Zayn versus Cesaro from the first NXT pay-per-view again. And, Cesaro uh, down next. He was on another level because uh, he could actually have those twenty minute matches that we were talking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, don't you have any more uh, questions for uh, Tom Mitchell? Yeah. So uh, real quick before we, uh, you know, I feel like we're winding down here. What What do you have coming up? What uh, What bookings are are on the horizon for you, and where people uh, can find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but this Friday, uh, June 2nd, I will be in Hagerstown, Maryland for Voltage Wrestling. It's a free show. Um, then the following day, I will be in Williamsport, Pennsylvania for Night of Legends uh, in, f- with Five Star Wrestling. Uh, the following week, uh, Friday, June 9th, I'm in Martinsburg, West Virginia, again for Voltage. And then the 10th, I actually got two shows. Uh, at 6 o'clock, I'll be in Hoboken, New Jersey for Chosen Pro Wrestling. And then at, after that, like I think like at 8 o'clock or so, uh, I will be uh, right outside Scranton, PA for High Ground Pro Wrestling. And then the following weekend, uh, Waynesboro, PA, Thursday night uh, for Voltage again. And that Saturday night is PPW's 100th ever show. And Slatington, PA. So, pretty busy wow. schedule here coming up. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, that's right. awesome. I love, I love, I love seeing like independent guys have you know booking after booking after booking. I mean, 
it's really cool to see. Oh, hundred percent! Really great position to be in. Like it's never thought I'd be in a position where like I have to like turn down bookings or like double shots. So like it's really cool just to be able to get to get to like where I've seen like some of these guys like coming up <laughs> to and stuff. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're gonna end on a pretty light-hearted question as we always do around here. Um, what popular food would you be completely okay with not eating again for the rest of your life? So with me, I'm not a huge baking guy. So if I never ate it again, I'd be completely okay with it. Dylan absolutely cannot stand peas. So he'd absolutely be okay with not eating it. What are, what are uh, some of yours that you're just are very popular, but you're like, eh, I don't need it. Uh, I mean, I soda. I don't know if that's really a, count as a food, but like I very seldom, if ever, drink soda. Like I've been yeah. really good cutting that out of my life. Yeah, I, I used to be addicted to it, but I I stopped it. And man, I I actually did see like it's. I'm just so much better without it. But oh. Dylan, I, I know you still like your Mountain Dew. <laughs> I, you know, I, honestly, I can't remember the last time I had soda. Lately, really? I've been on like a huge Body Armor kick. Dude, yeah, Body Armors are good. Yeah, the really? peach mango, like the Body Armor lights, those yep. are becoming yep. my favorite. But the strawberry banana is always the go. Absolutely. Are you a are you a prime drinker? Oh, I'm not God. a prime drinker. No, I haven't had one yet. I've heard mixed reviews. No, I I, I love it. So I don't. <laughs> it's actually it's all I it's actually all I drink is prime and water right now. But um, I do want to thank you again for coming on, Tom, to the show. Uh, please go follow him on Twitter at Tom Mitchell Pro and check out all of his work around YouTube. So uh, thanks again, Tom, for coming on and uh, taking the time out of your schedule to talk with us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, All absolutely. right, sir. Have a good one. Yep, you as well.